الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ ابتلى إبراهيم ربه بكلمات فأتمهن قال إني جاعلك للناس إماما قال ومن ذريتي قال لا ينال عهد الظالمين صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen mothers and sisters we on the eve of this mubarak moment that is coming up inshallah and this is the time when we are geared up for this great ibadat of qurbani and reminding ourselves of the lessons that hazrat ibrahim ala nabina wa ali salatu wasalam has left for us and allah taala wants us to keep taking these lessons that is why these things are mentioned in the quran sharif in terms of the tests that ibrahim salatu wasalam went through and these occasions come to remind us about the same lessons the same aspects that were meant for us to take into our lives in this ayat of the quran sharif that was recited allah taala says that wa idibtala ibrahim rabbuhu bi kalimatin that remember the time when ibrahim salatu wasalam was tested by your rabb with several aspects so he was put through a test and then the result of the test allah taala says fa atammahun and he completed it he fulfilled it and atammahunna here gives the message very clearly that this is not just something that was done haphazardly something that was done by the way something that was done just scraped the pass fa atammahun can be actually translated as that he got a 100% pass atammahun any exam any test any person who is sensible who is sane wants to do the best nobody wants to just scrape through and let alone anybody wanting to fail it's a different thing if somebody believes that something is too difficult for them and uh, they can't expect to get something beyond uh, a certain level of pass somebody expects now that uh, they didn't know the work very well so the questions were not possible for them to answer so now the person is expecting that i'll get maybe about 60% or 50% so that is what the person is expecting because the person didn't manage to answer some of the questions the preparation wasn't complete whatever the case is but everybody wishes and hopes and wants to do the best that i wish i could also get an a pass 
and I hope I can get an A pass. I hope I can have distinctions in all my subjects. So nobody who has the ability, the potential to do something, wants to get a by-the-way pass, just scraping through. Everybody wants to get it done very well. So Ibrahim also was put through the examination, through the test, and Allah Ta'ala is saying that he did what was required and he got full marks. فَأَتَمَّهُنْ itmam Completed perfectly, fulfilled the law of Allah Ta'ala, fulfilled the command of Allah Ta'ala at that moment. Now we know all the incidents very well. We have repeatedly heard these incidents. Every year we hear about it. Allah Ta'ala wants us to keep listening to it as well. And the purpose is so that we keep the message alive, we keep the lesson alive in our hearts and minds, and in our lives, in our practical lives. So Ibrahim was tested, he was tested in leaving his wife and child in a barren place, nobody to look after them, nobody to care for them. He was tested when he was thrown into the fire of Namrud, the oppressive king who had this huge fire built, burnt, and Ibrahim was catapulted, was thrown into this fire. He was tested there. He was tested when he was given the order, the command to slaughter his son. So in all these situations he was tested. But what was the common factor in all? What was the very deep inner factor that was being tested? Outwardly these were the tests. The test was leaving the wife and child in this place. The test was slaughtering the son. The test was you are now going to be thrown into this fire. What do you do? And in all these situations there is an inner test. There is something deep down that is being tested. And what is that which is being tested? There are many things being tested, but one very important factor that is deep down within a person that is being tested. And that is a person's patience. The person's sabr, the person's endurance, the person's inner strength, that is being tested. If a person is weak in terms of one's sabr, one's patience, one's endurance, one's humility, one's submission, and mainly this, all this comes back to that root of sabr, that patience within. If a person is weak in that, then these things are not possible for somebody to undertake. And these tests come out of the blue. These tests of patience, of endurance, it comes out of the blue. And all the time we are being tested in various ways. Sometimes we are being put through a test deliberately and sometimes it's just something that happens the circumstances become such that we are being tested and how we respond to those tests is what is the whole issue for example now there are certain rules in the madrasa certain things that 
are clearly put to us that these are the limits, this is how you are to conduct yourself, these are the types of behavior that are tolerable, are acceptable, and this is the limit beyond this is not acceptable. Mocking and teasing somebody, for example, that is not acceptable. Teasing somebody, mocking somebody in a way that now the person is hurt about it, the person is uh, feeling uncomfortable, feeling disturbed, so that is haram. So now that is a limit that the madrasa rule requires this. This is not just a madrasa rule, this is the requirements of shariat, so the madrasa is enforcing that. Or that this is the type of conduct that you will have with your teachers, so this is the limits. You will not back answer anybody. You will follow whatever the instructions are. So, these are all limits that have been placed. But now what is being tested in here? Ibrahim salam, his endurance, his patience was tested in all this. Now to leave somebody's wife and child, young, a newborn baby, still somebody who is not even a few months old and now you must leave them in this barren place if a person's endurance is weak say, I can't do it it's not for me Ibrahim wasalam, didn't hesitate now, his endurance is being tested he's a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. and despite being on this caliber he's being tested so who are we? we also will be tested the various things around us will test us. Now, as we said, now these, just to take as an example, that the madrasa has these rules, so many things, this is just an example that I'm taking. Now, a person who has this level of endurance, the person will take these instructions, will apply them, and will apply them cheerfully, happily, and will be cooperative. One is to cooperate, the other is to defy. Now the cooperation will happen when there is this endurance. That okay, maybe I am not too happy about it, about certain rule that the Madhesa has perhaps brought about. It's not something that I am very keen on, I am too happy about, because everybody is not going to be always having the same thought or the same agree on everything exactly 100%. Somebody's opinion and view will be one thing, somebody else's view will be something else. So everybody's view is not necessarily going to be the same. But despite the view not being the same, if it is something within the limits of Shariat, if it is something that the school, the Madrasa has now made a decision, so somebody who has that endurance will say, well, this is not something to now try to work against. I accept it and carry on and accept it cheerfully and life will go on easily. And then the other is a defiance. Or the defiance may happen blatantly, openly. A person just rejects it outright. I'm not going to do this. Or the other is, it will be more subtle. That a person would uh, not openly and blatantly defy something, but make it obvious in a person's manner, in a person's way, and this is, I'm just taking an example in Madrasad. You can apply this at home. Your parents have given you some instruction. So now the instruction of your parents, it's not something that you are too happy about because you wanted to do something else. 
what you wanted to do, that was permissible also. What your parents are telling you, that too is permissible. Not that you wanted to do something haram. You wanted to do something which was permissible. And your parents are saying, no, but not that now. You do this. So now one is that you openly backchat your mother, for example, your father, and say, I am not accepting what is being told. That is one way of open defiance. Now That is a very serious thing, obviously. The other way is that the person won't openly defy it, but now one will pull one's face up, look very glum, and now make it obvious that I am totally upset and uninterested in what I'm being told, but if I have to do it as a burden and as something that is something I'm not happy about in any way, I will do it, but in a very, very negative manner. And what I've been made to refrain from or stop or not do, so I will for now leave that because now I don't want to openly defy but I will make that so obvious that I am very upset about it that in so many other things now I will go about it in a very negative manner. I am told now to do something else so if I am told to close the door for example so I will bang the door. Why? I make it obvious. You see, you don't want to play the game the way I want it so I will also play a different game so I will bang the door. And he says, well, pass me that item, so I'll take it and push it across. Or I'm asked a question, something, whatever general, so I'll give a two-word answer. And I'm asked another question, and I'll give another two-word answer, maybe another one-and-a-half-word answer then. If I'm asked a third question, then a quarter-word answer. So in various ways, I will keep making it obvious that I am totally upset about what is being told to me, I am not accepting it, I am not accepting what is being told to me, but just out of circumstances, I am forced to do what I have to do, but I am not accepting it, from the heart I haven't accepted it at all. Now that means that that endurance, that patience within, that is very, very weak, and as a result, we have failed in this test, the circumstances have tested us, because the requirement is that one will be obedient to one's parents in all permissible things. Anything that is not permissible, there is no obedience to anybody in that. But in permissible things, it is compulsory to obey one's parents. Now this became a test. And that endurance, that patience is weak, so that test we failed. The same goes with our elders, our muallimas, and then obviously the greatest thing the laws of Allah Ta'ala so all this is testing that inner patience that endurance now many people's endurance is so weak in terms of certain aspects for example now somebody has got a phone and maybe they got it without the parents knowledge also and now some parent found out my daughter has got a phone she is shocked that where did she get this phone from or that she knew that she had a phone but she didn't know that what she's up to with the phone and now suddenly she found out I thought my daughter is the most innocent angel around 
and now I'm realizing that this angel is not so angelic after all so now the mother the father they decide to take that phone away that you are misusing abusing this phone so you can't be allowed to have it so what is the end result of this now is there a tantrum now if there is a tantrum many unfortunately make a tantrum these are just general issues in the light of many things that you hear about that some people's endurance in these aspects with regards to this phone and other devices and these kind of things has come so low that if somebody tries to stop them from it it's like their life is coming out because half the ruh, half the soul it seems is stuck into these things into that phone, into the incident that we probably heard on some occasions before Sheikh Fariruddin Attar great Buzuru, great Wali of Allah Ta'ala but what became the turning point in his life the turning point in his life was that one day somebody had come to his shop, he used to, he was a Attar, person who sold Itar and his life at that time was a very carefree life, he wasn't somebody that was very religiously minded very concerned about being obedient to Allah Ta'ala he was living a carefree life not concerned about deen so now this one customer came into a shop one person came into a shop and he's looking all around looking up down at all the shelves so Sheikh Fariduddin it was his shop and he's standing there so he asked the person you want something so he says no he's just looking around so he kept on looking again he asked him so when he this person is still saying no I'm looking around then he got irritated with him he says what's the problem why are you looking so much what are you looking for if you want to buy something you must buy so he says no well actually I'm looking you see all these ether bottles here there's so many different sizes and shapes and so many bottles but the time comes for your death I'm trying to think now you are so immersed in all this it means that your soul is stuck in all these bottles so when the time comes for your soul to be extracted it will have to be extracted from all these bottles it's going to be such a painful thing for you so Sheikh Fariduddin Attar heard this he got very upset he got very angry that this is an insult what are you saying but now in that moment what he actually how he responded was he says well if you worried about how I'm going to die how are you going to die so that person said how I'm going to die I will die like this and saying this when he said I will die like this he put his shawl on the floor he lay down and he recited the kalima and he passed away now this was some Allah Ta'ala had made some means for this person's hidayat that whoever the person was who had come into the shop it was his time now had come up Allah Ta'ala used him at that last moment also for people's hidayat these are those special people that their life also is a means of good as a means of guidance for others even their death becomes a means of hidayat for others there are so many instances like this and those of us sitting under this roof of this madrasa 
Brother Sa Salihat. So for us it's very, very significant that the way Hazrat Ma'an Yunus left, his leaving also became an inspiration for so many. That so many people just on that made Toba and changed their lives for the better. So this is this is what we have to aspire for, that we make our lives such that our death also becomes a means of benefit. Unfortunately, we don't know Allah Tala make our death come in a good way that we have a death on Iman and a death in a condition of righteousness, in a condition of obedience to Allah Tala. But that is something that's one thing. Even our lives are such unfortunately that much of it is of no benefit to us or to anybody else. And rather it becomes a burden for ourselves and for others also, the way we conduct our lives. So this person, his life was like that. Allah Ta'ala made his death also a means of hidayat. When he just said, this is how I will die. And he lay down there and he passed away in a moment like that. This became a shock for the for Sheikh Fariduddin Attar it hit him like a bolt of lightning he says this this is how life can just go in one moment and then he might have reflected that indeed my heart is stuck in all these things so when the time comes for my death I don't think I can go like this that became the turning point in his life he made toba from all his carefree life that he was leading and he came and turned towards Allah Ta'ala made sincere toba and gave up the dunya and he became the, among the greatest awliya of the time and up to today his name is alive his work is alive because he became such a dedicated person to the deen of Allah Ta'ala and to Allah Ta'ala so what the point we were saying is the lesson that came out of this is that a person who wants a good death he'll have to have a good life and for a good life his heart has to be attached to Allah Ta'ala. But now some people, their hearts are attached so deeply to that phone, so deeply to that fashion, so deeply to all that things that are coming from outside, all those influences, that now if I don't dress like that, then I can't handle it. Everybody is dressing like that, I can't dress like this, this is something beyond me, I can't handle it. I can't be dressing like my great granny's elder sister. My great granny's elder sister. Is that the way I'm going to dress? So my great granny's elder sister, something was wrong with her dressing. That is why I can't dress like that. These people who are walking on the streets in this shameless manner, something is right with their dressing. So that's why I have to adopt that. That's why that abaya which is now a disgrace to the name of abaya, that I'll have to wear because that is now something which everybody is doing. And that which is loose footing, which actually serves the purpose, that is for my great granny's elder sister. In that time, maybe they didn't have a bayaz, I can now somehow maybe post this to her. So, the same thing is now being tested here, the endurance within us. That when that endurance is not strong enough, a person can't give up things that have to be given up, a person can't resist things that have to be resisted because he's not conforming to the way that Allah Ta'ala wants us to live he's not conforming to the way that Nabi Islam has taught it's not fulfilling the requirements of haya it's not fulfilling the requirements of modesty and shame 
but the endurance level is so weak that we cannot resist it if others are doing it I also have these feelings I also want to be smart I also want to be part of the crowd so how can I get left out everybody is going to roam around here and there in this fair and that bazaar and Eid fair and Eid whatever other exhibitions and all the intermingling and everything will happen there but how can I get left out everybody is going and I'll be like a isolated person so now my endurance can't handle this now Eid day will come and then there will be this intermingling in some situations and uh, all my cousins and everybody, the boy cousins, the girl cousins, they all will be sitting and talking and laughing and joking. And I must be like one outcast somewhere. I can't handle it. This is something too much for me. Now at that time, when all these kind of things come up, this is the lesson which Eid al-Adha has come to give us. That weighs the endurance of Ibrahim wasalam, that he thought. This was not just something for the books. Generally, Somebody talks about the Anbiya Ali Musallam says those were the Nabis of Allah Taala. Subhanallah, such great people, the Nabis of Allah Taala. And me, Gunegar, person like me, sinner like me, you want me to become like them? I can't. That's too much for me. They talk about the Sahaba Kiram. They were Sahaba. Who are we? I am nobody. How can I compare to the Sahaba? So how you want me to follow what they did? Okay, you talk about the awliya Allah and the great pious personalities. They were such great buzrugs and they were pious people. Me, gunaygar like me, sinna like me. So you, we don't want to follow the Anbiya Ali Musalam. We don't want to follow the Sahaba Ikram. We don't want to follow the awliya Allah. So who's left? Then it's shaitan left and nafs is left. So you see, that is for me then. Nafs and shaitan. So nafs and shaitan, following nafs and shaitan, Allah Ta'ala already warned us. That shaitan. Don't walk on the footsteps of shaitan. And your nafs, then this is your worst enemy. Your worst enemy is your nafs. So then we say that look, all our friends, we can't follow the friends. Because in awliya uhu illal muttaqun. The true friends of Allah Ta'ala are the awliya. So we should make the awliya our friends. We should follow them. We say, no, those who are friends, we can't follow them. We'll follow our enemies. Nafs and shaitan. So then we'll lead to destruction. We'll have misery and destruction in dunya. And Allah forbid in akhirat. So Ibrahim salam's lessons, those lessons have come to teach us this endurance. That he thought that this is how one submits and how one endures and how one remains steadfast and firm. Leave your wife and child in a barren place, I'm ready for that. Whatever the command is. Yes, it's not easy on the heart. There's a lot of uh, emotion in the heart. But those emotions can be suppressed. And will be suppressed for Allah Ta'ala. And when a person is conscious of this, when a person is doing it consciously, all my cousins are all busy intermingling, and they seem to be having a merry time. But I am not alone. I have the nearness of Allah wa ta'ala. because Allah ta'ala is inna allaha ma'as sabirin Allah ta'ala is with those who are patient so this is a very high level of patience and this patience is being tested and now I am enduring this yes there is a pain on the heart but this pain is for Allah ta'ala 
And when this pain is taken for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will reward it with happiness and pleasure in dunya, and what is in the akhirat is beyond imagination. So now the person's endurance is building. Then that haram phone and all the haram that goes on the phone, a person can now wrench that out. And when a person is wrenching that out of his life or her life, it doesn't feel like as if my soul is also going away. Because now the endurance has built to resist the fashions and the temptations and the jeans and those t-shirts and all kinds of uh, shameless dressing. But because everybody is doing it, everybody is dressing in those jeans. So what's wrong? That becomes the word on the tongue. What's wrong? So what is totally wrong also, the question comes on it, what's wrong? Now, the western lifestyle, they are walking more naked than clothed. They also are asking the same question, what's wrong? They are also asking the same question. Now, somebody who is dressed in little bit more comparatively better clothing, they are also holding their mouths in shock. How can this person dress like this? But if the Sahabia had to see us, they too would be holding their mouths in shock. How can these people be dressing like this? But we are saying, what's wrong? Those people on the street are also saying, what's wrong with it? Because nafs and shaitan keeps using this. What's wrong? But And especially, everybody else is doing it, so what's wrong? It's not that if everybody is doing something, then it makes it right. Right is what Allah Ta'ala has given us what Nabi Islam has given us, what Deen has given us, that is what is right. And what Deen has said is wrong, that is wrong. Then whoever is doing it, no matter what the person may, who the person may be, but if what something Deen has said is wrong, wrong, it's not permissible, then it's wrong. So, the time of Qurbani comes, the lessons of Eid al-Adha come, and the, messi- the lessons of Ibrahim Islam's life, his family, Hazrat Hajra, his son, Hazrat Ismail, alayhi salam. These lessons come to teach us this endurance. Can you imagine now Hazrat Hajra, radiallahu ta'ala anha, and she's a lone woman going to be left in this barren place. And when she is not given an answer, she finally asks a question differently, that is this the command of Allah ta'ala? So Ibrahim, salatu salam, indicates yes. So what is her response? That in that case, la yudayyuna, Allah Ta'ala will not allow us to perish. Allah Ta'ala will look after us. But she's an insan, she's a human being, she has the same fears that other human beings have, the same anxieties, but the endurance is making her confident. The trust in Allah Ta'ala. So she's alone, she's alone way in a jungle, not alone in a house, just alone away from some intermingling that's taking place some cousins that seem to be having a merry time, and but the food is there, the security is there, the parents are there, others are there, just that I am alone for a while, because this becomes a major challenge for many people. She is alone in a barren place, and she is seeing her little baby now, that is now going to start dying of starvation, of, of thirst. She didn't know that this is now going to become the outcome, inshallah, that Allah Ta'ala will now cause Zamzam to flow and whatever else. At that time, she's just seeing this. But she can already foresee how this is going to happen. There's no food. She already is initially bringing this Ibrahim Islam's attention. That we got no food, no water. How are we going to be here? But now when she hears, it's a command of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will look after me. Now this is that endurance.
Now for minor things, our endurance is so low that a person becomes depressed now. That I don't seem to have the fun others are having. So because I don't seem to have the fun that others are having, this depresses me. Because we have lost sight of the reality that Allah Ta'ala is worth. We are not keeping that in mind. We are not strengthening ourselves and consoling ourselves with that reality. That there is no friend like Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is the friend of the pious. Allah Ta'ala is the friend of the muttaqeen. In awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. So the lesson of Ibrahim is the lesson of this endurance, this sabr, this patience, this perseverance, that a person remains steadfast, and a person takes things in their stride, remains steadfast on the commands of Allah Ta'ala, in restraining oneself from evil, and then in terms of our mu'asharat, our social life, with our parents, our brothers and sisters, with our neighbors, with others in the family, family members, there are a lot of challenges, many challenges. Now that also requires that endurance, in that mu'asharat, in that social life, that a person is steadfast, and a person takes it in his stride. A person does not become overwhelmed, does not lose control, does not become one that is now uh, not managing to handle the situation correctly. No. Then in our akhlaq, Akhlaq gets tested in all these situations, situations of mu'asharat, in dealing with people. So how do we deal? Do we deal with that akhlaq that is required? Or do we get thrown off the rails? Now these are all things that are testing that endurance, that patience. So, Ibrahim wasalam has taught us this lesson. And this is what we have to embed deep down in our hearts, in our lives, that we remain steadfast on this, we remain steadfast in terms of the commands of Allah Ta'ala, the laws of deen, that we don't break the laws of Allah Ta'ala, we don't get into this haram, the haram chatting, and the haram things that happen on the phones and other devices, we don't get swept away by the fashions, we don't get swept away by the ideologies of people, we remain steadfast in all that. We remain steadfast in good conduct and persevere, endure in good conduct that we take things cheerfully even though it is not something we are happy about. It is not something that we desire. But it is the command of our parents, our mallimas, then we take it in our slides. We take it in a way that is positive. And in all the other aspects of life, within the limits of deen, we show this endurance, we show this perseverance, this sabr. Then we'll find our lives in dunya will become a pleasure, and in the akhirat also, we'll get the full reward of it. So may Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq of taking these lessons from the life of Ibrahim wasalam, and from this qurbani, and may we conduct ourselves in a proper manner, appropriate way, on these Mubarak occasions, so, this is a dua that we should be making and this is the lesson that we should be keeping in mind. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. 
جز اللہ عنہ نبی نا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما ہوا اہل ربنا ولمنا انفسنا و علم تخف اللہ و ترحم نکون من الخاصرین رب خر و رحم و عف و تکرم و تجا وزعم تعلم ان کرم اللہ نسلک من خیر ما سلک من نبی کا و حبیب کا سید نا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم و نعوذبک من شر مستعاذک من نبی کا و حبیب کا سید نا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم انت المستعان و علیک البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوت الا باللہ العلی العظیم صلی اللہ تعالی علی خیر خلقی سیدنا محمد و علی و صحاب اجمعین الحمد للہ رب العالمین